0: Thank you for checking out the sermon at Hope Church. We exist to connect people to live the life of a Jesus follower. We're excited that you came across this message and are tuning in. We just want to make you aware of a couple of things before we get to the sermon. First, we'd love to connect with you. You can follow us on our social networks by searching at Hope Church LV. Also, be sure to check out our website, hopechurchonline.com. There, you have access to other resources, information about who we are, and where we're going as a church, as well as an opportunity to give to what God is doing through our church. Once again, thanks for checking out this sermon. Please let us know if there's any questions you have, or any way we can come alongside you and your family. Enjoy the message. In some ways, it's uh, very easy to preach after something like that. And in some ways, it's very hard to preach. You know God's here today. You believe that? I believe God is going to work in our lives. He already is working in our lives through His Word and the testimony of His Word. Last week, we saw 10 people come to know Jesus Christ here. Isn't that awesome? 10 people, born again. The Word was preached and Pastor Vance gave an invitation right at the beginning of the message and 10 people came to know Christ and and some people that are here today you you didn't make that decision. I pray that you make that decision today. It's the best decision you'll ever make to trust Jesus Christ as your savior. You know last week we uh, we gave you a quiz. Remember the quiz? By God's grace I am saved and by God's grace I am being saved and those two statements, we were to ask you, which one would you raise your hand for, the first one or the second one? And those of you that are college students, you're freaking out right now because you just finished finals, and you're like, oh, not another quiz. You know, you're going in kind of a shock right now. I'm going to give you the quiz again, but I love quizzes like this because we've already taken it, all right? So we're going to take the quiz again, and even last week when, when Pastor Vance gave us this quiz, I, I was kind of freaking out, you know? When you're a pastor and you get the quiz, you feel like everybody in the room's looking at you, you know, like, let's see what the pastor says, you know, and I, I even helped work on the message, and I'm hearing him say that, and I'm, I'm just, I, I just stopped, I didn't, I didn't vote, I just didn't vote. I, I just smiled, you know, I had this little sly smile, like, oh, I'm, I'm beyond these little quizzes, right? But I, I just, when, when there's a public quiz, I just freak out, but I'm okay if I've already taken the quiz, so we're going to take the quiz. By God's grace, I am saved. How many of you would say yes to that one? Yes. Amen. All right. By God's grace, by the grace of God, I am being saved. Yes. yes. The answer is yes to both. You pass. You graduated. All right. The answer is yes to both. 1 Peter 1, 22 through 2, 3 Talks about these two aspects of saved and being saved. And if you have your phone handy or your Bible handy, 1 Peter 1 22, let's, let's read there. Since you have, an obedience to the truth, purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. For you have been born again, not of seed which is perishable, but imperishable. That is through the living and enduring Word of God. Verse 24, for all flesh is like grass, and all its glory like the flower of grass. The grass withers and the flower falls off, but the Word of the Lord endures forever. And this is the Word which was preached to you, therefore putting aside all malice and all deceit and Hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord First peter one twenty three says, For you have been born again. This is a complete action. this is nothing that you have done on your own merit it it is of an imperishable seed. It's by the very word of God that you are born again, which is enduring. It lives forever. So it is a complete action. Positionally, nothing can take that away from you. I don't know about you, but there are times when I think I've I've lost that. I've done something wrong, or maybe I'm not reading the word like I should. Maybe I'm not going to church like I should. I just feel like maybe I lost it. Maybe I'm not born again. Aren't you glad that your birth in Christ is secure in him and not in your own works? Yes. It's done. It's a done deal. And some of you may say that just sounds too good to be true. If you feel that way, you're on the right track to the gospel. It's, it just seems too good to be true. That, that our birth is rooted and grounded in Him and His Word and not in us. So, by the grace of God, I am saved. But we also learn that by the grace of God, I am being saved. Positionally, I am saved, but there is a walking out now of that life in Christ. And some of you are saying, I knew there was a catch. not—it's no catch at all. Our life in Christ is to be walked out, and the more I walk this out in him, the more I begin to look just like him. And the reason I look just like him is he lives within me, and that which is in me begins to come out. And that old life is passed away, and this new life now, I am walking out. I'm not earning my salvation. You are not born again because you do something. You are born again because Jesus did everything. So don't think that you are going to do something to earn his favor. If you never read another scripture again, you're still born again. If you never go to church again, you're still born again. And I know some of you are thinking that's kind of risky for you saying that. It's not risky at all. I believe that the life of Christ will cause you to want to love one another more and more and long for the word more and more. But it does take, a, it does take an initial choice to do that. The first identifying mark of really being born again, we see in 1 Peter 1, 22. And this is all review for those of you that were here last week. I'm not preaching the same message over again. I'm just helping those of you that may not have been here. This is what we did. 1 Peter 1, 22, it says, Since you have in obedience to the truth purified your souls for a sincere love of the brethren, fervently love one another from the heart. So an identifying mark of being born again, born again people love one another. Now, that's a tough one, especially if there's someone in the family you don't like. And you say, I just, I just think this person's unlovable. And the reality is this, there's a lot of unlovable people. In your natural self, it's just hard to love them. As a matter of fact, there are some people it is impossible for me to love. I just, I have just warmed up to that fact. There are some people, I mean, I, got, I, I give you a list of people, not in this church, not in this church, nobody in this church, but I have a list of people in my life that in my natural self, I just struggle to love. Matter of fact, I, I just can't. But here's the thing, Jesus is in me and Jesus can love them. So I have to make a choice to love them. I choose to love them. And as I move forward, guess what? The older I get, that list is shrinking. The people I used to just, I just couldn't stand. Let's be honest about it. I'm loving. I told you my testimony. Last time I preached, you can go back and look online. There are some people in my life that in a natural way, you would agree with me, I should hate. But I love them. Not of my own self, but because Jesus lives in me. And so I love. That's a choice that I make. And then we come to the second identifying mark. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3. We start chapter 2 here with verse 1, but you just really need to read chapter 1 and chapter 2 all the way through. There really isn't a chapter mark. We don't Men put those chapters there, by the way. God didn't say stop there and then do this. And matter of fact, we typically do these chapter marks right where it says therefore, which is a terrible place to put a chapter mark because therefore is there to find out what it's, if you're listening, that's great. 1 Peter 2, 1 through 3, therefore, putting aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all slander, like newborn babies long for the pure milk of the word so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation if you have tasted the kindness of the Lord. The identifying mark of a believer is to love one another, but also the second identifying mark is this: born again people long for the Word. They long for the Word. If you were to put those two identifying marks in two words, it would be loving and longing. Loving one another and longing for the Word. Loving. And longing, and both of them are attached to two very important things people and the Word. You know, people are eternal. We will all live forever somewhere, and the Word is forever. So, these two, loving and longing, are attached to two eternal principles. So, it's really important that we make a choice to lean in on this and to long for this Word of God, which is eternal. We long for the word. Longing means to crave or desire the word of God. But for many of you, as you even hear that, you, it makes you kind of cringe a little bit because you said, I'm, I'm born again, but I, I really don't long for the word. Are you choosing to long for the word? You have to make a choice to long for the word. That, that is a condition. If you want to really grow In your relationship with God, you have to long for the Word, and that is a choice. And I know we are talking about the gospel, and for some of you, that you struggle with that because you think, I thought it was just by God's grace. The gospel doesn't mean there are not conditions in your life. There are conditions. they are not conditions to be born again. That was done with Christ. But to grow in, in, in your relationship with God, there's a condition. And the condition is this. You've got to long for the Word. That's a choice you make. As we read out the gospel, Jesus did this all the time with people. You know, there was, a, there was a lame man that was healed. Remember that? What did Jesus tell him? He said, stand up, take up your mat, walk. You're like, well, that sounds kind of cruel, making him stand up like that. He's lame, and then you're making him. There is a, a step that God requires us for us to take, and these are the steps we are helping you, that Peter is helping us with to walk this out. You must long for the Word. There's a step. There was another man that was born blind, if you remember it, and Jesus spits on some mud, he puts it on a blind man's eyes, and he asks him to walk down to a pool and to wash. Jesus is telling us here, listen, there are some things that you need to walk out, but I'm giving, I'm giving you everything you need in my spirit to make it happen. He's saying, I want you to fly, but I'm going to give you wings to do it. And the wings is the very word of God and the abiding presence of the Holy Spirit. He's going to give you the power to do it, but you have to choose. You'll never violate your will. He's not going to walk in your room in the morning and with a cup of coffee and open up the word for you and bring it to you and say, don't no, put down your phone, no more social media, here's the word, and I'm just going to sit here with you, and matter of fact, let me read it to you. No, you, you're going to have to get up, make yourself a cup of coffee, and you say, that just doesn't, that doesn't seem right. Well, you got to do something. And we live in a world where we're longing for so many things. What he's saying is just long for this. That's all. Long for this. Do you you long for anything other than the word? That's a longing that will not satisfy you. That's a longing that will not feed the hunger. You hunger and thirst for Jesus. That's the only way that you're going to grow up in this life. And we see this. Growing up in Second Peter, it says, may grow in respect to salvation. There in verse 2, may grow in respect to salvation. This is this growing that God will do as we take in the word, as we long for the word and take in the word, we will grow. And he makes it very simple for us. He says, it's like a newborn baby longs for pure milk. That's very simple. Before we get to the pure milk, I just want to talk to you a little bit about what are you longing for in life right now? In 1 Peter 2, it starts out this chapter by talking about some things that people do long for, malice, deceit, hypocrisy, envy, slander. You know, people long for these things. They actually live it out in their lives. They actually feed upon these things. And Peter's saying, you got to put away those things. Those things will not feed you. What is malice? Malice is a longing to hurt someone with words or deeds. Deceit is a longing to gain some advantage by deceiving others. Hypocrisy is a longing not to be known for what really is. Envy is a longing for some privilege or benefit that belongs to another. You resent that another person has it and you don't. Slander is a longing for revenge that deflects attention from our own failings. I will, tear, I will tear another down so that my own failings are kept secret. Longing for other things. What do you, what do you long for? It says here that we are to lo- like newborn babies, long for pure milk of the word. What is the word? What is the word? Well, this is the Christmas season, and a great Christmas passage that I always like to read and meditate on this time of year is found in John 1. John 1.1, 1, 1. in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things came into being through Him, and apart from Him, nothing came into being, that has come into being, in him was life, and the life was the light of men. John 1.14 says, and this word became flesh, and he dwelt among us, and we saw his glory. Glory is of the only begotten from the Father, full of grace and truth. So the words we read here in this Bible are the very living and active words Of the word Jesus Christ. If you're struggling with hearing from Jesus, just open up his word. These are the perfect words of Jesus. Jesus became flesh and he dwelt among us. And and actually, the context of this very book are the perfect words of Jesus himself. But let me tell you something this is not a message for us to worship the Bible. Let me tell you what I worship I worship the author of this Bible. And the Bible is the perfect words of Jesus. There's no error. There will be some day where I will see Jesus face to face. I'm not going to get to heaven and do a Bible study with Jesus. When I'm sitting around with Jesus, I'm not going to be like, uh, you know, I, oh, the author, he's right here. I'm going to be talking to the author. It's important that we don't just worship this Bible because some of you are saying, I, I don't long for this Bible. Have you ever been born again? Have you ever received the word in your heart? To long for the word of God. So before we go in any further, I want you to know what the word is. The word is Jesus. And Jesus, the word, even submitted while he walked on the earth to the written word. Many times Jesus would do something in the Bible and Jesus would even quote his own word. One example is in Matthew 4. After being tempted by Satan, Jesus quotes in Deuteronomy 8.3. In Matthew 4.4 he quotes... It is written, man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Not only does he quote the Old Testament reference, he speaks to this very identifying mark of longing for the word. So what does a newborn baby long for? We could probably ask some parents here. What does a newborn baby long for? The pure milk. Just pure milk, make it it as simple as can be. This is a little bottle. Uh, Fortunately, I just went and bought this last night. I don't have any of these in my house anymore, and I'm so glad about it. This (laughs) this is a pure bottle, and and babies long for milk. They long for it. I mean, that's what babies do, you know, and they long for it. They are passionate about milk. Born-again people passionately long for the word. That's their first point. They passionately long for it. I don't have to tell a baby, be passionate about this milk. They long for it. It is very life itself. It's from the one that that they came out of, and now they long for the very life. And there's 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 an attachment there of longing for this milk. Babies only have one thing on their mind, and that's food. That's it. They do three things. They do number one, period, number one, number two, and then they eat, all right? Some of you will get that on the way home, all right? One, two, and then they eat. That's, that's all they do. And the first two, they don't even have to think about. That comes very naturally at just about any time. And they just long, and they long out loud. They whine for it. They move their head for it. They cry for it. They scream for it. What happens if a baby doesn't get it? No food. Malnourishment. The growth can be slowed down and retarded. Even death. If a baby doesn't get it. As a matter of fact, there's a condition, a medical condition called failure to thrive. It's a condition when babies do not meet important milestones in mental, emotional, and physical development if there is severe lack of food. And I'm afraid that what we have in Christianity today is a failure to thrive. There is a failure for people to grow spiritually because you are being malnourished. And Jesus is saying, long for me. You are dying because you're longing for me, and nothing else is going to satisfy you but my word. You can't live on anything else. Psalm 42.1 says, as the deer pants for water, so my soul pants for you, O God. Was there a day when you passionately longed for the word more than you do today? Are you longing and feeding for something else? Babies don't do that. They don't long for something else. You need to long for the word. And those of you that are that are listening that have been Christians for a long time, this is not, this is not a message on elementary truths and starting out in your Christian life. That's not what that is because it says newborn babies, and, and the word newborn is... Born just now. That means long for the word as if Christians that have been Christians for years, as if you were born just now. It's not about moving on to some other book, some other person that's speaking, some other church where the word is being preached. This is talking about longing for the word, Christian, that's been Christians for 30 and 40 years, as if you were born just now, just today. Long for it. Long for the word. They passionately long for it. Are you longing and feeding for something else? Last week, my daughter came out of the, uh, the area where she goes to uh, second grade here on Sunday, and her teacher had given her a Bible, the little Bible. We went to lunch, and all the way through lunch, all she did is read the Bible, this little Bible right here. During lunch, she read the whole Bible. Some of you haven't read the Bible in a whole lifetime. She read the Bible over lunch. We're eating a buffet. I went three times to the buffet, and she read the Bible while she had her mac and cheese. Done. She went home that night. You know what she did? She read the Bible again. Two days, in one day, she read the Bible twice. It was so fun to watch her long for the word. It was as if she just got it. She'd accepted Christ a few weeks ago, and now she's longing for the word. She can't get enough of it. She's probably read the Bible now three, four, five times this week because she longs For the word. Do you long for the word? Are you longing and feeding on something else? It won't satisfy you. It won't cause you to grow into salvation. As a matter of fact, it will slow down and it will even keep keep you away. When you're filled on other things, you don't long for the word. You're filling yourself up on things. Put those away. Second, secondly, born-again people persistently long for the word. They persistently long for the Word. They continue to pursue the Word. When you persistently long for the Word, there is no obstacle that's going to get in your way or satisfy you. You just want the Word. Psalm 34, 8 says, Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. First. Peter 2.3 says, like newborn babies long for pure milk of the word, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. If you have tasted the, the kindness of the Lord, you could also say the goodness of the Lord. Let me ask you, is God awesome? You were singing about him just a while ago. Is he awesome? Has he been good to you? Has he been kind to you? You know, Cheryl Blackwell is here and she's gone through tough times, but Cheryl would say right here, God is good, and he's good, how, many t- how, how good is he? All, all the time. It doesn't matter whether you're going through sickness, crisis, he's good all the time. And, and so what he's saying here is, have you tasted that he's good? That is going to keep you from every obstacle in your life, They're going to keep you away, because when you come to know Christ, Satan wants you to long for other things, and he's going to throw things at you. And sometimes it's Satan, and sometimes it's just your old way of living. You have an old schedule. Those of you that were born again last week, you have a schedule and a routine and a checkbook that is based upon an old way of life. Now you have a new way of life, and you have to persistently long for the Word. And You're going to have all kinds of obstacles. But some of you have gotten rid of those obstacles. You don't allow obstacles to to take you away because... It's not about the obstacle. Babies do not let distractions stop from longing for the milk. You can try it. I mean, you, you can really try it. You can. This is what parents do. Just, just give them a binky. That'll take care of it. Does that take care of it? Like, a, like 30 seconds. And they, they throw it, right? They just, they just throw it. You're in a restaurant. They just chuck it. And and, and you're like, we don't have any milk right now. Just give them one of these. And it's like a teething ring. They don't even have teeth. So it it doesn't work. You you can't give them anything. And you just give them them the blanket. Uh, Just kind of cover their head a little bit. Stop them from crying, you know. (laughs) Not too hard. Just just enough to kind of of muffle it, you know. And you're trying everything. And you're trying to keep a conversation with somebody. You give them a binky. You give them the rattle. And they want this. And they're not going to stop until they get it. You are not going to let distractions stop you from the word. Now, some of you are going through life, and you you know you get a you get you get a rhythm, and you're getting up early in the morning. You're you're longing for the word, and then your work changes your schedule. Now you got to go to work an hour and a half earlier. Sorry, Jesus, it was good. You gonna let that stop you? You just go to work at six thirty. It's time to wake up at four. Because you long for the word. You have to have the word. You long for it. You go on a trip, it's vacation. You go on two weeks, you had a good routine going, and now you're on vacation. Don't let the obstacle of vacation stop you. Listen, this sounds so basic, but I've gotten out of longing for the word on the simplest of ways, just, just going on vacation. But it's so nice at the beach. What's going on in my life? Why do I feel so empty? I've got, the, I've got the beach, and I've got the palm trees, and, and there's people fanning me, and I'm and eating good food. Why do, I feel so, why do I feel so hungry? Because I was not longing for the Word this morning. I did, and now I'm on vacation. You can't take a vacation from the Word. Persistent, don't let obstacles get in your way. I know this sounds basic, because sometimes we have to come back to the basics to remind us that we were born just now. Don't forget the fact that you were born just now, and you have to long for this Word, like a newborn baby, and you need need to consistently long for the Word. Born-again people consistently long for the Word. This last verse, verse 3 says, so that by it you may grow in respect to salvation. By longing for the consistent Word, these pure nutrients begin to grow in you on a consistent basis. I have four kids. That makes me an expert. I know that kids consistently long for the word. I newborn babies, it depends on the kid. Sometimes I've had a couple of kids that eat all the time. I think they're gonna pop. They just eat. I have a couple of other kids that just got into a rhythm. But all of them, they never would go more than two hours without eating. There's a consistent rhythm in their life. And they would consistently get up and they'd want the bottle. Fortunately, it's 2015 and mommy doesn't just have to do it. It's daddy's turn, right? And usually, daddies, you get to get up at 2 a.m., you know, and uh, hold that little precious baby and, and they're crying and you give them the bottle. And... I remember once it was a really cool experience. Most of the time it was tough because all that baby wanted was food. And they didn't want more food. And I gotta get up and get them more food. It was a consistent longing for the word. And Jesus did this even in his own life. He would consistently long for the relationship with his father. He would get up early in the morning. He would begin his routine, his day. Did Jesus do that because he needed instruction? Well sure. Did he need focus? Absolutely. But more than that, he longed for his father. You need to long for the Word. You need to long for Jesus. This isn't about reading or studying. That'll come. This is talking about longing. You'll never get to reading correctly or studying correctly or preaching correctly or teaching correctly until you long correctly. You must long for the Word of God. Are you consistently longing for the Word throughout the day? Decide it right now that you are going to respond rather than react. When you hear things from people that you don't like, and you're going to align yourself with the word. When you're in discussions with people, and they are speaking things against you or others, you are going to align yourself in the word, and you're going to consistently have words come to you from the word. Maybe that morning, maybe a quiet time a week ago, and you're able to respond correctly as you long for the word in those moments. Listen, we live in Las Vegas. You're going to see things in the city that are not born of God, but you are. So you must long for the Word of God. You must have the Word on you all the times and meditate on it day and night. Are you consistently longing for the Word with others? There's nothing like longing for the Word with other believers. Nothing like it. I love longing for the Word with other believers. This is a lost art in American Christianity of gathering together and longing with the Word. I went to to Asia, and there are many people that are persecuted just to gather together and to long for the Word together. They're not being persecuted if they're doing their quiet time alone. That's fine. But they are being persecuted because they come together and they long for the Word, and there is something about your maturity that's dependent on other people. Coming together and maturing the body, bodybuilding, maturing the Word, maturing us in the Word together. Ephesians 4 speaks of that. These Bibles are special to me here. They sit in my office, and many people come in. They want to know what they are, and I just want to tell you what they are. They're the Word of God, but they are associated with three people that are very important to my life and my spiritual heritage. The first one is a Bible that uh, is of my grandpa, Grandpa Hook. And the first memory I ever really had of grandpa was going to get ice cream and and really the second memory was going to his funeral. And I remember going as a little boy and seeing a body lying there. And people were singing songs about Jesus and singing songs about the family and singing songs about the word. And, but I remember seeing my grandpa, and, and it didn't seem right. It didn't seem like he was there. You know what I mean? You go to a funeral, and you see somebody, and you're like, I don't think they're there. No, he wasn't. <laughs> he was in heaven. He longed for the word, He longed passionately. As I talked to people that knew my grandfather, they said, your grandpa longed for the word. He was passionate about the word. I'm passionate today about Jesus because of your grandpa hook. He longed for the word. And when it was all said and done, the only thing that really carried him into eternity was the word. We can study the word and we can learn about the word, but at the end of the day, we'll all die. It's not if we will. And the only thing that takes us into eternity with him is the Word of God. It's the enduring Word of God, living and active Word of God. This second Bible here is a red Bible. That's grandma's. Grandma Hook, and she loved the Word She and my father were baptized on the very same day, and she would tell me about those experiences of growing in the faith. And I'd have many spiritual conversations with her grandma in college, and and I would come back from times at college, and I would talk to my grandma about certain things, and sometimes I was short on money, and I was hoping grandma would give me some money, and she didn't have much money, and she'd say things like, you know, it's better to give than receive, She'd give me a little lesson on tithing, a little lesson on how to save and to, as the target said today, she would, she would talk to me about that. She would use the word, and sometimes I'd come in, and I'd maybe break up with a girlfriend, you know? You know how that feeling is, guys? You think the world is ending, and I'd go see grandma, and she'd say, you know, you don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries of its own. Just live today. She'd point me to scripture. I remember going through some of the toughest times in my life and coming back to Grandma and she would remind me of these things. She was helping me long for the word in a consistent way, in a persistent way. I had many distractions in my life, and she persistently longed for the word. And what was powerful about this, when she was 94, I remember coming in and seeing her in the re- retirement home, and she said, "I'm ready to go." Sometimes you just get to a point in your 90s, just like, I think I've lived enough. And she said that, and God gave her two more years. And in those two years, she saw two nurses in that retirement home come to know Christ. She she led them to Christ. And then when she was 96, it was time to go. And days before she passed on, she would have me read the Word. That's all she wanted was the Word. Her very life hung on it. I remember reading this passage marked in her Bible. John 14, 2. In my father's house are many dwelling places. If it were not so, I would have told you. For I go and I prepare a place for you. Longing for the word, no matter how old you are. This is my dad's Bible. I love my dad. I love my dad's consistency in life. Many times I would see him early in the morning reading the Bible. I would see him throughout the day read the Bible. I would see him serve in the church as a pastor, and and, and he would read the Bible, and he would bring people together to love one another and to, to read the word. And there was a consistent pattern of his life that I live out today. And I thank him for that consistent example. You know, these three Bibles represent something here. And some of you men are here today, and you're saying, you know, that's not me. I wish I had a grandpa like that. I wish I had a dad like that. Maybe it's your turn. Maybe you're like my grandpa. Maybe you're the first one to really long for the word in your family. Why don't you do that? You know, today we're going to give an invitation, and some are going to come and for the first time give their lives to Christ, but, but for some of you, you're saying, I've never really done that. I want to long for the word, and specifically men. Maybe this invitation is for you to come forward and come to the steps or a pastor and say, I need to long for the word. I need to set an example in my life. I need to pray with my kids at night. I need to to, to get up early in the morning and consistently throughout the day. I want that. I want to make a choice to do that, to long for the word. For others of you, you do not have this rhythm in your life. You've never even heard anything about this. And today is your day to maybe make that decision to trust Jesus. There is nothing that reading the Bible is going to do until you are born again. Until you believe that this is not only the word, but Jesus has given you a new life. You can't just do it out of moral obligation. It has to be a new birth experience. That's when the scriptures come alive for you. So today, there's an opportunity for you to come to know Christ. For some of you, it's to be born again. For others of you, it's to long. To long once again as if you were born just today. You want to reaffirm that commitment. Let me close with this passage. As I think about these Bibles, I think about these people, I think about us. For all flesh is like grass. All its glory likes the flower of the grass. The grass withers. The flower falls off. But the word of the Lord endures forever.